Hey there, Conquerors. Welcome to episode 77 of Conquering Columbus. Today on the show, we have Darren Shuttler and Brad Hobbs. And uh, Darren and Brad are both the managing partners over at Duck Donuts, which is a chain of restaurants focused on bringing fast, casual donuts made to order the way you want them. I definitely think you guys will enjoy their story. It's kind of a fun story about their jump into entrepreneurship, and I hope you guys learn a lot. Before we get to that interview, though, guys, I want to take a moment and ask you all for a quick favor. Go ahead, pick up that phone of yours you were listening to this on, and check out your podcast app, whether it's iTunes, Pocket Cast, Stitcher, whatever you like to listen on. There will be a subscribe button, and if you click that, it will make sure that you never miss a single episode of Conquering Columbus. And the last thing we want to do before we start the show is take the time to thank all of our incredible sponsors here at Conquering Columbus. And that starts with our friends over at AWH. For those of you who haven't heard of AWH, they are a digital product consulting, user experience, and software development firm. And with over 22 years of experience, AWH collaborates with a variety of clients to drive desired business outcomes through great digital products. To find out more, check out awh.net. And let them know Conquering Columbus sent you. Conquering Columbus is also brought to you in part by the Sundown Group. The Sundown Group is an Ohio-based nonprofit that helps connect entrepreneurs to investors, mentors, talent, and capital through business pitch events, workshops, and classes offered throughout the state. For more information, head on over to sundownfirst.org. And our last sponsor is Facilities Management Express, or FMX for short. FMX is actually founded and headquartered here in Columbus, Ohio. They're a startup software company. What's really cool about them, there's a lot of competitors in this space, but they made a name for themselves by designing an easy-to-use and tailored-fit facilities maintenance and management software. They serve industries ranging from churches and schools to property management, manufacturing, and fast casual restaurants. You can learn more or check out a free trial at gofmx.com. All right, Conkers, that's all we got. Let's get this show on the road. You could drop me anywhere on the planet in any environment, and I might get, you know, my head kicked in in the beginning, but I'll find a way to survive. I'll find a way to get the job done. Yeah, there's a little doubt, but you know what? Once again, I think of that guy in my ear. I think about stepping up to the stage. I think about the challenge. Like, I've lost sometimes, but I've won more than I've lost. And so, like, I bet on me any day. Choosing greatness. Greatness doesn't choose you. You know, you have to choose it. And, yeah, it's hard. I think there was a hunger in me. There was a desire just to make a difference. There was a desire to not just be status quo, a desire to not be average. This is Conquering Columbus. Hey there, Conquerors, and welcome to another episode of Conquering Columbus. Uh, today on the show, we have Darren Shuttler and Brad Hobbs. And Darren and Brad are both the managing partners of Duck Donuts here in Columbus. And Darren graduated from Capital University and then became a teacher. He taught at Columbus Schools and Columbus Academy for over 18 years before taking the leap into entrepreneurship and starting a branch of Duck Donuts here in Columbus. Brad studied at Mountain Union in Youngstown before coming to Ohio State to study business. And before becoming a managing partner at Duck Donuts, Brad got a lot of experience in the restaurant industry at places like The Walrus and Old Town Tavern. 
Duck Donuts is a unique donut shop where they prepare your donuts to order, cooking them in minutes after you tell them what you want. And welcome to Conquering Columbus. Darren and Brad, we're excited to have you here today. Thanks, Thanks. Mike. Thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah, glad to, Happy be here. to be here. So how's you guys' day going so far? Well, uh, pretty good, actually. It's been been a good day today. Um, <laughs> Say that surprisingly, like it's not. It's not, <laughs> it's like not usually a good day. <laughs> they usually are good days, honestly. Um, I met Brad out earlier today. We we're scouting out a, a couple other locations in, in Columbus. So it's just soaking in all this beautiful weather. We got. Yeah, <laughs> it's been real nice out lately. Yeah. About to... spiked quickly, huh? <laughs> yeah, no question. It's the Ohio mo. So, so what does the typical day look like, I guess, for you guys now transitioning? We, maybe we could talk a little bit about, we'll jump back in your guys' past and then going up to Duck Donuts, but while we're on the topic, from when you guys first started the location to what you're doing now to, I guess, kind of where it's going to evolve. Yeah, it's quite, quite, it's different, lot, huh? quite different now than when it first started. Um, you know, I, I definitely didn't see, I don't think either one of us quite saw where this was going and what our roles would adapt to. You know, a lot of what, what we do now is out in the field looking at different sites, talking to different landlords, trying to look at, like, big-picture development, where we're going to end up, um, what's best for the brand, those kind of things. The beginning was a little different, huh? <laughs> the beginning was very different. I mean, coming from the education background, I was so used to the bell schedule and, and everything is tied in to the bell rings, you're moving. Um, so for me to be in the store... Um, I, I think we didn't anticipate the demand we had initially, um, or we did, but it was just it so outpaced what we had expected. And um, I was pulling 20-hour days in the store just to make ends meet. How did you get introduced to the brand? Like, How did this whole situation evolve? Funny story, it developed uh, into a concept for us after I had made a visit to North Carolina where they originated in the Outer Banks. Uh, we had, my parents had a 50th anniversary. We never go to the Outer Banks, just happened to go down. We heard about Duck Donuts, so we need to go try it out. My wife fell in love with it, I fell in love with it. The brand is, is great, the donuts are fantastic. Um, and then coincidentally, the week, the next week, we had our family vacation, and we stayed up, Brad and I, one evening, probably till two or three in the morning, just discussing the whole process. Yeah, they and made the mistake of pitching me the idea. I, <laughs> I couldn't get it out of my head. So we, at, uh, at this point, you're still teaching, then, right? No, I'm not. No, you weren't. So. You were. He was at this I point. Was, I was. Yeah. Yes, during during the development time, I was. So I was full time teaching, coaching, um, and yeah, we <laughs> here we are. That was the biggest hurdle, I think it was like, you know, well, if we do this, you know, you, you're probably both going to have to quit your jobs as teach at public, you know, Columbus Public Teachers, and, and uh, you know, it was a pretty big, you know, mm -hmm. big thing to jump into. 2.30 on the beach, you're like, we don't need those jobs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. right. So you, were you teaching at the time as well? No, I have quite a different uh, background. I'm, so I basically spent my life working in, in restaurants and bars. Right. And, um, and we were fortunate enough to uh, move into a neighborhood, Old Town East, that was lacking commercially, and we love our neighborhood. And so we opened uh, the Old Town Tavern, and that, that, that was our, our little baby. And, um, you know, we've grown with that, as you talked about, some other things that we've done. And so kind of 
perfect when you say background. our, sorry, do you, do you mean you two? Or no, this, is, this was separate, my wife and I, okay. um, and yeah. um, uh, our other partner, Kevin Burns. And um, so that kind of group kind of started. Um, but then when Darren and Melissa, uh, his wife, brought these ideas up, it actually fit in really well with what we were doing as far as like opening concepts, um, except for instead of trying to open something that's never existed and have to come up with a new logo and a menu and you know all that kind of stuff. It was already buttoned up and ready to go. So it was very appealing to us, like, hey, you know what? We've been through that opening process. We know how that works. Um, and they, like I said, they were ready to, you know, to, to put put the work in and jump uh, jump ship from from teaching full time. So it was kind of a fit well with where we were, anyways, and kind of an easier way to progress because, like I said, a lot of the systems and everything's already already put together for you. How'd you deal with going from developing your own concepts and your own systems to having one kind of cookie cutter and placed in front of you? Obviously, probably kind of a relief because you knew the track you had to follow, but at the same time. How do you run with your creativity? You guys talked about you probably have to send a lot of things to corporate or quote unquote corporate, however their offices work. Yeah, the, you know, the corporate office is, is actually pretty great and uh, they're very uh, receptive to new ideas. But yeah, they did have a lot of that stuff already buttoned up, which was nice. Um, it was a welcome change. I mean, I love um, developing our own concepts. It's exciting and it's fun and it just, it just is a lot of hours. And, um, you know, having a family now, um, you know, and a, a couple other things, businesses that are operating, something that was more simple, definitely was more appealing. But I think all in all, it was, you know, it was a pretty smooth transition um, other than the amount of volume that we started to do. It just, it got to be, you know, we're very blessed that the people in Ohio were very familiar with the product just from vacationing to the Outer Banks. And the amount of volume that was taking place, not only, you know, was it our, our grand opening and everybody's pretty much first week ever working there, but it was also uh, December 15th, and so there was a massive Christmas rush. It was you know, hard to, to hire and train. Um, when we were so busy, we could barely get the product out the door. So we kind of got ourselves in a, a pickle at the beginning. Of, like I said, Darren, was that's not an embellishment. He was working back-to-back to back 20-hour shifts, and it was difficult. Yeah, well, it doesn't sound like it's the worst kind of pickle to be in when you got you're trying to sell more donuts than you can, <laughs> yeah, yeah. than you can make. But so I want to talk a little bit about you know making the jump from restaurants to donut shops. Uh, you know, you can kind of see it. There's a relation, but from teacher to donut shops, it must have been a little tougher. And for you, Darren, how was it? Um, I guess the word I'm looking for was you know, were you nervous? Were you anxious? Kind of what what were your thoughts going through your head as you're like, man, I'm about to go start a donut shop. Uh, there were a few sleepless nights to begin with, um, I won't lie, but I think partnering with, with Brad um, and our other partner, Kevin Burns, who has since come on, knowing that they have the restaurant background and experience was such a huge relief to me, uh, so I didn't lose too much sleep, but it, it's been uh, a welcome change. So what have been some of the things you've learned from their background experience, you jumping in and probably just being, you know, the grinder, kind of learning as you go on the fly. What are some of the things that you've learned that they might have already known that maybe somebody new to the restaurant industry might have to pick up on if they were in your shoes? Uh, I think number one would be just the, the whole ordering product process and, and how it takes place and using our vendors. Um, luckily, our, our corporate office 
has a limited amount of vendors. If you look at Brad's other restaurants, they have 20 different vendors for a variety of things. So we're fortunate that our vendors are, are a lot less, um, but just working through that whole process and getting used to you know, placing orders, taking inventory of, of product and stock and, and what you have on hand and what you need to plan for next week when school's out on Monday on President's Day and you know you're gonna get slammed. So if you overstock, so let's talk about the issues on both sides, I guess, because I'm just curious. Overstocking in your industry, can you can you freeze the goods that you guys are bringing in? Is it, is it a big issue, or is understock mainly the? Most of what we deal with is dry goods and shelf stable, so yeah. it's not too much of an issue. No, it's just more of just not wanting to hold too much inventory. And at the beginning, you know, we ran out of the most basic things. We ran out of donuts. We ran out of dough <laughs> yeah. at one point, and you know, it's a special dough. We can't just go to the store and make it. It's specially made for us. So. You know, managing of that, and then then it got to the point we don't want that to happen again. So we'd buy you know more than we needed. And so just getting you know used to that volume and managing inventory was uh, was a little bit of learning curve, even even for me, because it's just a, a different it's just a different animal. Fortunately, uh, you know we had some really good help. Um, our our Cisco rep uh, Travis did a bang up job. He was there helping us through our corporate support. Um, did great and my wife Krista Sparks who's also a partner um, took a lot of pressure off of us by doing so much of the the back office and back end and accounting and social media and things that you know we wouldn't even begin to understand how to do she does that for for all the restaurants and it's it's just such a huge part of it and for us to be able to just focus on in-store is that that was you know without without like I said Travis and Krista it would have been an entirely different animal so so, other than getting a really great donut, when a customer walks in your door, what type of experience they're going to have? What do you want them to have as an experience? Family friendly, energetic. We want everyone to be uh, super excited and welcoming from the time they pull in the parking lot, and we want to treat every customer like family for us. And their corporate is great. You, when we did training in, at their corporate office in Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania, they are the epitome of family. If you're not related, um, you're not working. And they kind of really hammer that home. And so for Brad and I, uh, that really hit home. And we try and make sure that all our employees are treated like family, customers are like family, and I think that goes a long way. And we're actually famous, so that makes it easy. Too. <laughs> okay, so yeah, and, and what's and what's the relation? Our sisters, we're our married, wives, wives of sisters. Yeah, married that sisters. Yeah. And I think another thing, you know, a lot of these people that uh, are guests that come into the store, uh, many of them associate this with their vacation, and I think you know deep ingrained in you there are these certain like scents or experience. You know, I, I always like if I smell French like fair French fries, it brings me back to like the Campfield Fair. And I think these people, you know, they go to Duck Donuts, and a lot of them you know, it, it makes them think of, of them, you know, some of the happiest points of their life. So to try and recreate that, you know, to make them feel like you're back, you're in vacation, you're back where, you know, all this magic has happened. It, it's, it's kind of special to be able to, to give that back to them. So not to take too many steps back, but when you guys first decided to open it and you approached the franchise, what did the process look like? What were the negotiations or discussions like? And then maybe take us through the training and you said go into Pennsylvania and, and sitting through um, the different informational sessions they had to talk you guys through. Sure. The, the application part was actually 
pretty interesting in, in my opinion. I had never been to a duck dance or had any of the product. Um, I believed in what Darren and, and Melissa and their family told us. And so I actually did the application part of it uh, and submitted it with that information on there that I've never been to your store, I've never had your product. And whether that was a good, you know, positive or a negative, I don't know. I like to think that they they saw that and maybe thought, man, these people really believe in the in the brand. And and so, you know, that was that was one thing. It was a it was a fairly simple application, a few pages, some financial background, and a little bit of a story. You know, we've heard over and over. A lot of people have said, "You stole our idea." I was gonna, you know, I was gonna do that. And, you know, um, but we, for whatever reason, we were the one that filled the form out, sent it in, and 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 you know got it approved. Uh, they came out, met us uh, a couple times, looked at different areas, did some demographics and that kind of um, back office stuff. But I think you know it was more more along the lines of like Darren said, the family. We all just they're they're a family. We're a family. We had a good connection right off the bat, and so when we actually went to Mechanicsburg. Uh, to do our our training, we took uh, Krista, my daughter uh, Lydia at the time, and and Darren. Um, we all went there and and really got to meet meet all the people behind the emails and stuff, and that was uh, a great experience as well. Yeah, it was just to go through like we're doing now, sitting down and and talking about customer service and the background of how they even started uh, with their first store how they built the brand um, was a great experience. How many locations did they have at this point? When we opened, we were store number 42, and I think... Our Dublin store is number 77. Yeah. But there's a lot of stores that are spoken for but not open, so to speak. So you can take a market and and grow within a a reasonable amount of time. Do you Um, know, like, a rough estimate of how many of those are franchised versus owned by the actual corporate office? Oh, they're all franchised, yeah, except for there's only a handful. maybe one that's owned corporately by the franchise office, and that's uh, the Mechanicsburg store. They originally opened up the Outer Banks. Yeah. Um, there's not many. If, if, if there's any, it's just a handful. Yeah. Duck, maybe. Or maybe Corolla, three or four. Outer Banks. So your experience going into the one of the Outer Banks, which is maybe the original one, was that the same as when you walk into your store in Polaris or Dublin? Is it the exact same experience? I like to think it is the exact same experience. The layout might be a little bit different in the store as far as um, you know colors. Or uh, I know we're going through a little bit of a rebranding right now, so some things will be different in the, a lot of the newer stores that are opening from this point forward. Um, but everything is the same, and that that's part of the of our brand I think our consistency and and what we offer and our product and our customer service so maybe let's start with that experience I guess because I showed up one time and the line was out the door and I got discouraged <laughs> and I was just out because it was a new experience I was I was too eager for donuts I needed them too quickly so from the point the customer walks in the door is it um, they have a variety of options to choose from. Kind of, what does the entire layout look like from entering to walking out? Um, so you walk in the store. Uh, the first thing that's going to happen is you'll you'll be greeted enthusiastically by someone from behind the counter saying, "Welcome to Duck Donuts." Um, you'll kind of meander through. Um, if there's a line, 
should be right in front of our uh, menu board, which is on kind of on our back wall. We do have a number of different icings, toppings, drizzles. It can be confusing. And so all of our uh, point of sale people are kind of trained to help the customer through that first time experience. Hey, have you ever been here before? Um, you'll hear that a lot if you're in the store. And then they will walk you through the ordering process. We do have an ordering form. Some people like it, some people don't. Some people just want to walk up and they know exactly what they're getting. Uh, the people who I think are a little bit more hesitant will go for the ordering form. Uh, so you'll kind of see some people pull off on the side and they're talking about what, what they want to get. Um, but the easiest thing to do is start with the number of donuts you want first and then build from there. So I'm a new customer, I walk in, I know I want six donuts. I'm a half a dozen kind of guy. Do I want them iced, drizzled? Like, how do you take me through that? Do, do you have like a, a set of options that you go through to work your way to the end? Because I feel like if, if I get an option, I'm the kind of guy, I put it this way, I'm the kind of guy that gets so many options that I ruin things. Like, I go to my Golden <laughs> Barbecue, and it's like, they're like, what'd you get? I'm like, I got everything and that thing. Like, nobody stopped me, yeah. so I just kept going. And I'm like, I told that guy to stop me, and then I'll go to Cold Stone and do the same thing. So, like, I'll just ruin it. So the main, I think the, the there's a the top choice, you know, kind of like our recommendations and the most popular, and those are on the order sheet as well as printed out um, at the counter with pictures. So those are kind of our suggested creations, so you don't go, you know, go too far uh, rogue on your donut creating. But um, I think if you stick to those, that's usually the best method. They've been tried and tested. Um, or you know, if you're a purist uh, like me, like I just like cinnamon sugar, you know, keep it simple. People definitely do get um, you know a little overwhelmed, and, and you know when there is a line and you're trying to think about, oh, I should get, you know, 12 different, completely different donuts. It takes a lot longer to ring them in. It takes a lot longer to make them. And so it can definitely, you know, add a small wait time. But I do want to address the one thing you said. You know, when we first opened, yes, we had a, a long line, and uh, it was a long wait. Um, I think we had maybe 45 minutes was probably maybe an hour if you, talk, if you wait, you know, or all the way through waiting in line and then waiting for the donuts to come out. Our staff is fantastic now. Um, you know, that was everybody's first day, week, month in the store. And so even if there's a line out the door, which really there, there only is on Saturdays and Sundays now, uh, you know, you should be in and out of there in 15 minutes, maybe 20 minutes if it's a really, really long line. So everybody's really efficient um, and uh, it, moves, it moves really quickly. Yeah, and it definitely wasn't a knock. Like I, this is like a Sunday morning, I'm by myself and I'm like, I'm about to wait 15 minutes for donuts for myself. Like, I couldn't do it morally. I, I think it was the right decision <laughs> yeah. probably to stay, but I just, for myself and my own self-esteem, I had to, I had to exit. Just so you understand, Josh, Josh likes to eat, like, six donuts on a Sunday with maple syrup and whipped cream on top of them, <laughs> and he'll put them in the microwave and heat them up, and he needs those donuts, like, right now. So I, call them, I call them homemade duck donuts. <laughs> so... Uh, you get, we're getting a little insight into Josh's oh, eating yeah. habits here. Well, you, you come in. We will definitely, we'll, we'll definitely. You'll maple take care syrup in for me. We might get ready. Uh, you have to get the maple bacon. Have you had the maple bacon? I have. I've, ne I've never tried the salty famous. sweet mix. You know? Yeah, it's probably that is, it's probably popular. number one. Really? Yeah. <laughs> you know, a lot of people have said that too, where they'll they'll drive by and they'll see a long line and they'll get discouraged. But another thing that we do now that we didn't do when we first opened is we now take call ahead orders. You can call in for one donut, and 
we'll tell you exactly how long it's going to take. And when you walk in your door, the door you're done, it'll be waiting for you. So you don't have to wait in line at all anymore. Um, you can order as few or as many as you want to do that. So that's that's a huge one for yeah. us. So is that call-in only, or do you guys have, like, an app? Is there an app that works from DuckDonuts? That's, coming, we that's coming through down the road. Yeah, Online yeah. ordering is, is in the works. We actually just changed POS systems just for that reason. Um, we will be having online ordering. I don't know exactly when, not yet, but for the time being, you got to call a call ahead. you got to use the phone, but they'll be ready, ready when you get there. I could see a donut app knocking at least 10 years off my life. <laughs> First download, man. Game over. Um, yeah. And we are on Uber as well, so. Oh, Uber man, there, there you go. go. It's all, it's all <laughs> over now. Not only can I go make on. it on my phone, I'm going to have to leave my house. Yep. Um, Eliminate all exercise. <laughs> Easy Sunday morning. There you go. But the, uh, so one of the, one of the things I wanted to ask about, I mean, we talked a little bit about how family, like, and how great corporate is, but is there any times where you guys feel, and, you know, if, if we can't answer this, we can always cut this out later. But is there any times where you guys conflict with corporate? No, not really. No, I think I think early on when we we didn't, it wasn't so much of a conflict as it was we were trying to speed up our wait times. And so the concept has always been to have two topping stations uh, facing the back wall, so the customers are seeing their donuts being made, but it's not directly in front of them. And we kind of thought, well, maybe what if we flipped one and put one forward facing directly in front of the customers? And so we did, and we thought, let's do it, and then let's beg for forgiveness if it's not yeah. correct. But corporate was great. They, they wanted to figure out how to, how to best utilize that. Um, that was the only space we had, and we needed a we needed a third topping station. We just couldn't keep up speed wise, and so it kind of brought something up to light that maybe was on people's minds. Anyways, is some people really wanted to be frontward facing, and you know they were. I think they were growing faster than they had ever imagined too at a, at a corporate level with all the different franchises. And so they they just part of this rebranding they're doing. They they did a full company reassessment of you know the cabinets and the pictures and and everything, and and that is one of the things that is now is now standard is to have the forward facing. So they're they're open to change. They're open to talk about all that stuff, and so we really haven't had yeah. many problems. With it. It's if been if a any, great. They're great. Yeah, conflict's probably a strong word. It sounds like I mean, just more the dynamic relationship of working with the franchise. So I think a lot of people have thought about the concept of it reinvesting in, inside of that. Maybe especially after you've retired, or if you just want to make a career change or something like that. And you never really hear. I mean, you don't meet a lot of people for some reason who own franchises. So. When you get to sit down and talk about what's your relationship with corporate, what are the rules you have to follow, um, you know what's your, the return on investment compared to how many hours you're putting in, it's kind of really an interesting concept compared to doing it on your own. I would think this yeah. is unique to, to, to them and their family and their brand. I mean, you know, some of these franchises might be very different, especially some of the large ones. But I mean, we're we're FaceTiming them at midnight the week we opened, um, showing them you know the the fryer was stuck and we're trying to figure out how to get it unstuck and you know. Um, Marissa's babysitting, and she's you know got the phone there at night, and she's yeah. helping us, you know, and she's it, walking us through step by step. step. And here we, it's midnight, and yeah. you know, I, I definitely don't think you get that from something else that's a little bit larger. And one thing we talked about a little bit earlier, they did the demographic research, kind of um, strategically help you guys pick a location and things like that. What did what did the background on that look like? Did you guys get a lot of insight into like kind of how they do the research and what the strategy is behind where the restaurant goes and all that good stuff. 
I think for Columbus, we were, we're, you know, we feel that we're pretty dialed in in the community. We've lived multiple places around here. Um, our realtor, Chris Howard, was a was a huge help um, in helping us pinpoint some some maybe some some better locations and getting us in touch with with some bigger developers and landlords. Um, but you know, we've had a pretty, I think, a good hand handle on on this community. But that's where it was kind of getting scary when we were talking about going into different markets and not really knowing anything about them or very little. And um, they've, they've got a group now that, that they've joined forces with the Overton group. Um, Andrew Denton is our, our uh, sales rep and he basically runs these demos on these uh, other markets. And what was nice was being able to have our own assessment of Columbus, which we have a good handle on, and then asking them to do Columbus. It gives a good test to see how you know accurate those those can be, and they were pretty spot on. There were a couple of minor uh, things that we we tweaked, and so it gave us the confidence, I think, to keep moving forward into other markets where where we don't personally reside. So they took a lot of your personal feedback though when you guys were doing the strategy on where the first location was going to go. They didn't just say like, "Hey, we've done the demographic research corporate. This is where you guys are going to put it." If you're going to no, they they're very open. Um, if we we did a lot of research and background, and we felt like the players area, because I lived in Westerville, my family's there, we're fully invested. Uh, we thought, you know, this is such a good market or trade market right here. Uh, let's open our flagship store, uh, and then we can look elsewhere. It's got a great mix of, of corporate and residential. Um, 55,000 cars travel through that area daily, and uh, it's, it's been a really good fit. It's a good flagship location too. A lot, you know, everybody, at least at least a couple times a year, probably gets up to that area for shopping or whatever. So it gives you a little bit more visibility, and then you can go into the, maybe some a little bit more neighborhood communities uh, because you've kind of built your brand a little bit. And that was our our game plan for that. Fifty thousand of them visit between five and six p.m. too. <laughs> that yeah. road is yeah. pure chaos. <laughs> Have you guys thought about like the short north or anywhere where there's more like foot traffic and uh, kind of like front facing? Sure, or even in university yeah. area. Yeah, we've we've definitely talked about all the options. You know, we we want to grow this as fast um, and responsible uh, as we can. And there's a you know Columbus has a lot of really great markets. Um, you know, our second location is going to be uh, in Dublin, up off Sawmill Road. Um, you know, a lot of families. A lot of rooftops, and that's really been the core uh, vision of the company: is families and and, and children, and and so coming down in the, you know the short north or campus is definitely a little different. But you know, it's something that we've talked about that they're doing corporate wide. It just maybe it's a different store, a smaller footprint. Mm -hmm. You know, it is appealing. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a lot of people in that in that area. So. Mm -hmm. So when you guys are looking at it, you know, why why Dublin is your second location? Why not say New Albany or another neighborhood where there's a lot of families around Columbus? I mean what, what about Dublin stood out to you? A lot of it has to do with what's available. And you know, so you might go and pick, you know, all right, these are our top five communities that we want to enter. All right, but there's nothing that we like available here. Or hey, we know this really great uh, development is going to be up and running in 2018. So you can kind of earmark that in your calendar. 
and get to know the, the developers and landlord and see if that's a good fit. So it's it's not necessarily that that's the best one, but maybe it's the, the best location that's available in those combined markets. No, that makes a lot of sense. You're looking yeah. for the best fit. Mm -hmm. it's, it's tricky. I mean, it's a lot of it's timing. That's where Brad comes in with his experience, I think. I don't know the market quite as well as he does. Just his background in restaurants, um, he knows locations, and um, I kind of lean on him a little bit. <laughs> it's, it's fun. I mean, it's you, you definitely it changes every day, and you you know you like I said when you get the realtors involved. You know, our realtors been great. They find out a lot of this stuff. I used to like just be baffled. Like, how did that? How did they get that location? How did where did you know how that business get in there? I had no idea because you don't see. It's not like they put out big signs. I mean, sometimes they do, but a lot of it, you know, is done before the property's ever even built, before they even break ground. They develop the idea, and then they go and talk to businesses. So, you know, they have leases signed before there's, you know, any any structure. And so if you don't get in, so, you know, that's where it, it, it's definitely been challenging, but been a, a, a really, you know, great learning curve to, to understand this. And I think it's going to open a lot of doorways for us in the future. And opens the, uh, you know, some of these developers don't just develop in one market, they're in multiple markets. So if you have a great relationship with a realtor or a developer or anybody else, a landlord, you know, all of a sudden everybody wants to, to keep the same people, if it's working well, the same relationships, you know, no one wants to sell to, you know, just an infinite amount of new people. If you can have stronger relationships with smaller people, uh, I think it's easier for everyone and, you know, so. We're hoping for success in that yeah. area. <laughs> and as, as we kind of start to uh, wrap things up a little bit, what is, besides the Dublin location, what does the future look like for you guys? Any um, exciting things that you guys really have in mind or are you just trying to really focus on you nailed down what you got to do at the player store, let's replicate it in Dublin and let's just keep replicating or is there anything that you're going to try to um, do a little bit more dynamically, I guess? I think first and foremost, we know Dublin's coming soon. And so our main focus is on Dublin right now, just making sure that we have everything bumped up and ready to go personnel-wise, knowing what we went through with Polaris. Uh, we want to make sure we hit the ground running full speed. Um, How many people does it take to run one of the stores? How many people do they have to employ in what at once? Roughly 40. Yeah. It, you know, it, it, a, lot of, a lot of the staff are, are high school kids and um, they don't work the same amount of hours as you know um, some of our full timers. So you get a lot more people working smaller shifts, and so that's a little tricky to manage. But um, you know we're a little bit more prepared going into Dublin now that we've seen Westerville, kind of know what we're gonna be up against. Another thing that we're gonna that's a big on our radar and coincides with Dublin is catering. Catering is something that we have not uh, really been able to pull the trigger on hard. You know we we do it, and we I think we do it really well, but. Um, our Dublin store is going to have a larger footprint. It's going to have um, a separate kitchen. And um, so on a Saturday or Sunday when we're slammed, if we're slammed, we'll still be able to do a private event um, in the back. And, and our general manager, Jenna Grayson, has done a, a, just a bang-up job um, overseeing the Westerville store. And she's going to be moving uh, with us to the Dublin store. She's going to be managing, um, you know, overseeing the whole catering aspect of, of it as well as the in-store and so um, I think, you know, now that we know that we have the right person and a great person in, in that role, it does give us the time to look at these things, catering, weddings, other markets. Like, how can we grow? 
you know, what other events can we be part of? More time for us to go into the community and, uh, you know, and, and just open more doorways. Yeah. Continue to build these relationships in our, in our local communities as well. You yeah. Know, we we want to get out and make sure that, that we're giving back. Uh, we have a great program called Quack Gives Back um, that is run corporate-wide. Corporate -wide. Uh, we just did a Gabe's Chemo, chemo Duck uh, where we got to pair with a hospital. It, we tried to hook up with, with Nationwide. Uh, logistically, it, they had some other, other groups that they were working with, so we reached out uh, to the, Dub, or the Dayton area, and that was our tie-in there. Nationally, uh, I think we raised $75,000. And, and they, yeah. they have those, it's, it's a national campaign, the, the, the Quack Gives Back, uh, all the stores do it, but they also give you the freedom to partner with whoever you you wish to partner. So I mean, we've already done the local Ronald McDonald House. Um, um, yeah, we change try and change it every month. Mm -hmm. um, you know, different different charities and whatnot. So you know, that's a it's it's a big thing on their list as well as ours is to really get give back to the to the community. Well, one question I just thought of, and I realized I've been wanting to ask it since before we started this, but where does the duck come from? Why duck donuts? <laughs> Great question. That would uh, refer to Duck, North Carolina. That was the original store. Um, and so when, when they started way back long ago, um, that was store one. Okay, so it wasn't it wasn't the quacking kind of duck. It was it was the city. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mike thought you actually made the donuts out of ducks, so he was very right. <laughs> concerned. That's funny. Everyone will. will He's like, these are the best tasting ducks I've ever had. I'm like, man, you just don't get it, man. They definitely yeah. spun that to be part of the you know part of the, the, the theme, mm -hmm. and uh, it, it's it's a fun thing to play around with. We sell little you know little rubber duckies and stuff at the <laughs> store, and it's cute on t-shirts, and so it's it's fun. Definitely. So, uh, as we kind of wrap up here, one of the last questions we always like to ask centers around the theme of our show, uh, which is live uncomfortably. And for us, you know, it focuses on pushing yourself outside your comfort zones intentionally to improve. Um, but what do you guys think of when you think of the phrase, and how does it apply to your guys' lives, your story with Duck Donuts? I love the phrase, live uncomfortably. I, I think it's, it's, it's great. It makes you question a lot of things that maybe, you know, are, are going to be beneficial for you um, you know I think if you're if you're very health conscious and you know you're super clean eater you might want to make yourself a little uncomfortable and eat <laughs> you know eat some of these yeah, donuts every once in a while best twist I've ever heard yeah, that was a really good twist, twist. and I'm shameless impressed. plug give, <laughs> give yourself a little reward for you know all those hard workouts just a, a taste of donut duck donuts Definitely. once or twice a week once or twice a week or three times yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, before we ruin everybody's uh, diets, we really appreciate you guys coming on the show, guys. Is there any last thing you want to say to our guests before we uh, wrap up here? What What can they do to help out? That's um, true. Obviously, follow you guys on social media. We'll have your links up in the show notes and things like that. But besides just not being discouraged, I think that's probably the big thing. Don't be discouraged about long lines. There's ways around it. You're going to have a donut app that's going to end a lot of people's lives here soon. <laughs> big, yeah. big things in the works. Anything else? Yeah. I'll I tell you what, the donuts themselves, I, I do want to say this. They, they are amazing. They are the best donuts that you know I've ever ever tasted. And you know the made to order, it is part of that. It's going to make it a little bit longer wait, but they, they are delicious. So, no, yeah. I, I think just, Our you donuts know, are made with love. They are. 
you know, we're looking forward to be a part of a lot of these communities, and I, and hopefully when we come into each of these communities, or if you want us to come into the community, feel free to, to yeah, to talk to us on social, but, um, you know, just when we do come in, you know, come in, introduce yourself, let us know how we can help you, how we can be a part of the community. If somebody can tag an actual duck eating a duck donut, what are they going to get from duck donuts? This is the part where you have conflicts of court precedent. We won't make you answer that. We'll, we'll, we'll stop it. Right. Well, hey, thanks for listening, Conquerors. That was Darren Shuttler and Brad Hobbs of Duck Donuts. You can uh, go check out their store in Polaris and soon to be in Dublin. And we'll have all their links up in the show notes. And uh, we hope you guys enjoyed that episode. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Thanks for having us on. If you guys enjoyed that episode, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, as well as iTunes, Pocket Cast, Stitchers, whatever your favorite podcast app is. And go ahead and click that subscribe button. It'll make sure you never miss another episode of Conquering Columbus. Before we let you go, we want to take one last moment to say thanks to all of our incredible sponsors one more time. And that starts with our friends over at AWH. For those of you who haven't heard of AWH, they are a digital product consulting, user experience, and software development firm. And with over 22 years of experience, AWH collaborates with a variety of clients to drive desired business outcomes through great digital products. To find out more, check out awh.net and let them know Conquering Columbus sent you. Conquering Columbus is also brought to you in part by the Sundown Group. The Sundown Group is an Ohio-based nonprofit that helps connect entrepreneurs to investors, mentors, talent, and capital through business pitch events, workshops, and classes offered throughout the state. For more information, head on over to sundownfirst.org. And our last sponsor is Facilities Management Express, or FMX for short. FMX is actually founded and headquartered here in Columbus, Ohio. They're a startup software company. What's really cool about them, there's a lot of competitors in this space, but they made a name for themselves by designing an easy-to-use and tailored-fit facilities maintenance and management software. They serve industries ranging from churches and schools to property management, manufacturing, and fast casual restaurants. You can learn more or check out a free trial at gofmx.com. You could drop me anywhere on the planet in any environment, and I might get you know, my head kicked in in the beginning, but I'll find a way to survive. I'll find a way to get the job done. Yeah, there's a little doubt, but you know what? Once again, I think of that guy in my ear. I think about stepping up to the stage. I think about the challenge. Like, I've lost sometimes, but I've won more than I've lost. And so, like, I bet on me any day. Choosing greatness. Greatness doesn't choose you. You know, you have to choose it. And, you know, it's hard. I think there was a hunger in me. There was a desire just to make a difference. There was a desire to not just be status quo, a desire to not be average. This is Conquering Columbus.